Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. It's wonderful to be back again. We thought we weren't going to make it. We're sitting in Belfast City Airport yesterday, just after lunch. Um, Actually, the pilot of our plane walked past and we happened to know him. So I thought, happy days, we're in great hands. Um, But we'd noticed we were a bit delayed and he said, oh, I think there's a bit of a technical issue. Well, Paul, my husband, is a bit of a nervous flyer, so his eyes opened a little bit wider. He said, don't worry, Paul, I don't want to die either. Um, But the funny thing was, he says, oh, they've just asked me to come over and run the plane around the airport a wee bit to see if it's going. (laughs) Well, it obviously wasn't going because a little while later they said, your flight's been cancelled. So that resulted in lots of um, phone calls to Leon and Alison. Help, what are we going to do? So unfortunately, I am not a morning person, but I had to be up at five o'clock this morning. (laughs) So if all of my words don't, you know, make total sense, you can blame them on that and not on the fact that I turned 70 last week. (laughs) So I'm just glad to be anywhere at the moment. Well, actually, Leon, (laughs) Leon and Alison have set up what I wanted to talk about this morning so brilliantly. And that's why I love the Lord, because he is a God who speaks today. And I feel like he spoke something to my heart that he wanted to share with you. And actually, they have echoed what I wanted to say today, because it's all about home, and it's about homecoming. And they have emphasized that to you. As you're here, they want you to feel at home. And I really believe that the Lord wants us to feel at home in his love. And and so I've entitled this talk, Homecoming, that this is a time for homecoming. There's something wonderful about being at home. Alison already said it. She said, you know, when you're home, you kick off your shoes. You're just yourself. You don't have to pretend to be anything else. If you're a visitor, you tend to be on your best behavior, unless you're Paul Reed. If you know him, he's never on his best behavior, no matter where he is. Um, But most of us, when we're visitors, tend to put on, you know, best foot forward. But when there's something wonderful about being at home, and this Christmas, uh, for the first time since all we've been through with COVID, the whole, our whole family came home for Christmas. So we have four girls, four sons-in-law, 12 grandchildren, and they were all home. They didn't all stay in my house, but they were all home for Christmas. The funny thing is when you have four daughters, even though they're now in their 30s and 40s, when they come home, they revert to being nine, seven, five, and three. It's just ridiculous. But that's the way home is, isn't it? That, that we get to just relax and be ourselves. And I think it's amazing that in Scripture, we are told that when Jesus is talking to his disciples about the relationship that he desires to have with them, he explains to them that if they love him, if they follow him, if they obey his teaching, it says this in John's gospel, this is what Jesus said to them. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. My father will love them 
and we will come to them and make our home with them. You and I were made for relationship. That's how we were created. We were created for relationship. And God paid the price of giving his only son, Jesus, so that we could be in relationship with him. And so when Jesus talks to his disciples, he's describing the type of relationship that he wants to have, not just with them, but with us as well. He wants it to be the kind of relationship that's close and that's intimate, that it's a deep deep friendship. I just, I am constantly amazed when I read this verse, every time I read it, that he says, if we love him, that he will feel at home in our lives. That is just an amazing truth. If you really stop to think about it, like the God who lives in eternity, who has created all things, who is all-powerful, the amazing God, he says to you and I, if you love me and you invite me into your life, I'm going to feel at home there. I'm going to feel at home with you. And if we bring him and invite him to be part of our lives and to come into our lives, then it's not a formal type of relationship, be on your best behavior, It's a daily friendship where you can't be yourself, where you can let let your guard down, where you can take off your masks, where you can just be you. Do you ever find that you do try to keep them at arm's length? Even as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, do you hold him at arm's length at times? Sometimes we do it because maybe a sense of guilt or, or a sense that, We're not worthy to be loved by him. I remember, I suppose, it is a long time ago, but I do remember that that sense of almost feeling I had to keep him at arm's length, especially as a young mom with, you know, four wee girls around me. And there just never seemed to be time. And, you know, as Christians, we're taught that you need to, you know, you need to read your Bible and you need to pray and you need to maintain your relationship with Jesus, which is absolutely true. But I think whenever I was a young mom, I constantly felt I was failing. I constantly felt there was no time to do what I was supposed to be doing. I constantly felt I was a really, really poor Christian. And I remember one night just sort of collapsing in the sofa after we'd got the girls to bed and thinking, I don't even have the energy. I don't have the energy to pray. I don't have the energy to read my Bible. I just feel wiped out. And then I also felt so bad and so, so worthless and so guilty. But you know, the wonderful thing about having a relationship with Jesus is that he comes alongside us and he speaks to us. Now, it wasn't a big audible voice, but I just had this sense in my heart that Jesus said, Priscilla, I'm right here. I'm sitting beside you. I don't want you to do anything. You just can sit here with me. It was the most releasing thing because I just was able to relax into the fact that I was in a relationship with a God who was for me, who loved me. And 
He didn't want me to hold him at arm's length, but he was inviting me back into that loving relationship. You know, if that's you this morning, if you feel for any reason that somehow you've had to hold him at arm's length, I think that's what he's saying to you. I think he's saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. And I just want to reconnect with you again. I want this morning to be a homecoming where you feel again at home in my love. That you know that the Father and I, because you welcomed me in, the Father and I are at home with you. Paul, the apostle, prayed this for the Ephesian church. It's the New Living Translation, and it's a wonderful, wonderful translation. And here's what it says. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. If Christ is at home in us, if if he's at home in you, then you carry him with you wherever you go. That's why the Bible says that Jesus says, just I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. We carry him with us. And so he also said to his disciples, remain in my love, stay in my love, make yourself at home in my love. So it's kind of reciprocal. We come and we say, God, I want a relationship with you. This is what I was made for. Jesus, you died for me so that I could have this relationship. I open up my life to you, the Father And the Son and the Holy Spirit come and they dwell in us. They live in us. They feel at home in us. And then Jesus says, not only that, but then we get to feel at home in the Father's love. We are at home in his love. And if you think about that, if you think about living in your Father's house, the Father's house is where you're going to hear his voice. You're going to hear his voice so that if you're, if you're feeling at home in his love, he says, I'm going to speak with you. We're going to develop our friendship. We're going to develop our relationship. You can talk to me about whatever you want. You can, you can talk to me about anything. But then I also want to talk to you. And again, you know, sometimes when somebody like me says that, it can set up a whole set of expectations as to what that would be like. You know, if, if, if she's saying that I can hear God, you know, what's that going to sound like? It's going to be some sort of booming voice in my head. No, it's not. It's going to be that the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, speaks to your spirit. You will have thoughts. You will have ideas. He will come with gentle whispers. And if you're a child of God, Jesus said, if you were a follower of his, if you were, he said, my sheep, he described us as sheep. He said, my sheep 
hear my voice. He described himself as a good shepherd, a shepherd who looks after his flock. And he says, my sheep, hear my voice. So if you have stepped into a relationship with with God, if you have invited him to come into your life, then you're going to start to be able to hear the Father's voice as you read his word. This This is his word to us. The Bible is his word to us. That's why we read it. We don't read it because we think, oh, it's a good religious exercise to read the Bible. We read it because it is actually what God wants to speak into our lives. So he speaks to us through his word. But then the Holy Spirit dwells in us and he speaks to our spirit. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, you can trust that if you're living in God's love, if you're connected to him, the Father's house is somewhere where you're going to hear the Father's voice. It's a place of communication. And it's a place where you're going to be continually affirmed in his love. He is going to continually come to you and tell you how much he loves you, how much he is for you. You know, we believe as Christians that we do have an, an enemy who is a real real entity, a real person, the devil. And he too has the ability to speak into our minds. And he tries to undermine us all the time. Why would you think God would love you? Look what you did this week. Look what you did today. Look what you did this morning. Why, Why would you think he would be for you? And he constantly tries to undermine us. What sort of Christian are you? He accuses us. But if we live in God's love, if we wake up every morning into a a knowledge that I am loved by the Father, I am waking up in the house of my Father in His love, then we can constantly hear that affirmation in our lives. And you know, when you're affirmed in God's love, you feel safe. You feel that you're in a safe place. You know what? I mean, I remember whenever, again, when the girls were small, you know, maybe something awful had happened in school and, you know, they hold it in and they hold it in and they hold it in. And then when you come into the playground, they kind of rush and throw themselves into your arms and burst into tears, you know, because they'll be brave while they're out there. But once they feel safe and secure, they can just let it all pour out. Well, that's what it's like for us. We don't have to hold anything back because when you know that you're loved, when he affirms you in his love, then you can, you're in a safe space and you can talk to him about all of the things that are on your heart or all of the things that are troubling you. And you know, some of us are sort of like, well, you know, compared to what somebody else is going through, it's not that bad. But you know He loves you so much that what he says to you is, if it's important to you, it's important to me. And you can talk to him about the big things and the small things, whatever's on your heart. You feel secure. You belong, knowing that you're a child of God. I love these verses in Romans chapter 8. I want to read them to you, and I want you to listen to them carefully, okay? This is what it says in Romans chapter 8. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves 
so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with your spirit that we are God's children. So do you see what's happening here? We come to Jesus, we say, I want a relationship with you. You died for me. I know that if I invite you into my life, you will forgive me. You'll give me a new beginning. And then what happens is we are born into God's family. We are adopted into his family. We become children of God, or as it says here, sons of God. And then as the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, he continually reminds you, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. I think it's a work of the Holy Spirit that we don't talk about very much. And it is amazing. So that whenever we are besieged by doubts, whenever the enemy does come and speak lies into our minds, we can take a step back and we can listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. You are loved. You are loved. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He condemns us all the time. But if we live in Christ's love, the Spirit just keeps on affirming us. And listen, this deals with our, we're, we're all of us, no matter what stage or age we're at, we all are insecure in some shape or form. We all at times have doubts. But this is, this is the thing that deals with our insecurities and our doubts. That the Holy Spirit comes and constantly affirms us. And so my advice to you is that when the enemy does come and point the finger at you and accuse you of things, don't argue with him. He's a better arguer than you are. And he'll win the argument every time. So don't argue with him. Just take a step back. What did Jesus do whenever he was faced with what the devil was saying to him when he was being tempted in the wilderness? Jesus used the word of God and he said, this is what God's word says. He didn't try to argue with him. He just stated what the word of God said. And then the devil moved. Actually, the devil didn't have any answer for him because he moved on to the next thing. And then he, had, and then he moved on and then he went. So my advice to you is, and you know, I have a strong sense this morning that there's a young man in the room and you either love boxing or you actually do box. But I have a strong sense that for you, if, it's, if you're in the room today, that the enemy has really been beating you up and has really been pointing the finger at you and making you doubt whether God really does love you. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to whisper to your heart today, you're a child of God. And the Holy Spirit's saying to you, don't get into the ring with the enemy. Jesus got into the ring with him on your behalf. You don't need to get into the ring with him. You just take a step back and listen to the Holy Spirit assuring you that you are a child of God. Because when we know that we're loved, 
It empowers us. It enables us to live for God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, you can, you can start to cope with the criticisms that come. Nobody likes to be criticized. But when you have a sense of being loved and you're secure in that love, you can cope with the criticism without it overwhelming you. And actually, the reverse of that is true because sometimes if we don't really feel like we're loved, we're looking all the time for people to praise us and, and to affirm us. That won't be a hunger on the inside of you if you know that you're loved by your heavenly father. We, one of the best known stories that Jesus told was the story about the prodigal son. You know, that son who demanded his inheritance from his father and then left home and squandered it all. And you know, I think there's times when we all leave home and we run to far off places and we're searching for love and affirmation. And when we do that, we become deaf to the Father's voice. And the other voices in our head become very loud and very seductive and they drown out the Father's voice. You know, when the prodigal son, when that son left his father's house, he found himself in a place of conditional love. It was a very lonely, cold, hungry, literally hungry place for him. When you no longer hear your father's loving voice, you give power to all of those other voices out there. And we say, do you love me? And what we hear back is, well, yes, if you, know, if you produce the right results if you mix with the right people, if you're successful, if you do what I want you to do, if it suits me. There's an author called Henry Nowen, and he said this, I am the prodigal son every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. Unconditional love, it never satisfies. I think that's why the world's full of addictions because you're not satisfied, so you're always looking for more, more status, more power, more things, more stuff, more sexual gratification, more, more, more. Because unconditional love is never enough. The only place where you are going to find unconditional love is in a relationship with God the Father. And you know, I know all you parents out there are going, well, I love my children unconditionally. I've got four of them. I've got 12 grandchildren. If I'm being absolutely honest, I do my best to love them unconditionally. <laughs> but I mostly love them best when they do what I, want, what I think they, you know, they should be doing. It's only, it's only in a relationship with God, the Father who made you, who sent his son to die for you, that you are going to find yourself at home in a world of unconditional love. And you know, if I can just throw this into the mix, I think it's really important that we understand, and I don't want you to get sort of anxious when I say this, okay? I think it's really important that we understand that God is neither male nor female. 
We are all image bearers, whether we're men or we're women. God is neither. He made us both male and female. And I think when we're talking about homecoming and we're talking about living in the Father's love, I mean, that is the most frequent relationship used in Scripture to to describe God. But I think it's wonderful that in Scripture there are also references to God's mother heart. I think that's important for us to understand. Yes, it's true that God reveals himself to us as a father. Jesus comes as a son to show us what the father was like. Jesus said, anybody who has seen me has seen the father. But nevertheless, there are references that you can read, little images, little pictures of how God also touches us the way a mother would. When you go to the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, there are several references. You know, just as a mother is feeding her baby and she can't forget the child that she's given birth to, Isaiah the prophet says, so God can't forget you. The children he has born, he can't forget you. And Isaiah also talks about God comforting us as a mother comforts a child. Even Jesus described himself and said he felt like a mother hen. Do you know that he, he looked out over Jerusalem and he, he wept over Jerusalem? And he, he, he talked about being like a mother hen, wanting to draw his chicks under his wings. These images are important. It underlines the truth that God is neither masculine or feminine, but it also shows us that the best we can be as mothers and fathers is perfected in God. And that as human beings, when we come to know God, when we, when we come into this relationship with him, that we can experience both the love of a father and of a mother. And you know, some of us, When we think of home, we don't think of home as a safe place. That's not our primary emotion when someone starts to talk about home. Some of us in this room this morning, we carry wounds from home. They can be father wounds, but some of us carry mother wounds. When you come to Jesus, in his perfect love, he can come and he can begin a work of healing in your heart. He can pour in healing, not just to our physical bodies, but he can pour in healing to the very depths of our spirit where we begin to experience healing from some of those wounds because he perfectly loves us and can heal us from the wounds of imperfect fathering and imperfect mothering. This morning, as I feel the Holy Spirit is calling some of us home, some of us, perhaps it is for the first time, we go, well, you know, I come to church now and again and 
I don't think I've ever actually really begun a friendship with God. I, I don't think I've ever actually specifically asked him to come into my life. Well, this morning for you could be a homecoming. I want to come home. I want to come to that place of living in your love, God. But you know, some of us for a while have been holding the Lord at arm's length. And we haven't really been feeling at home in his love, even though we're followers of Jesus. And the Lord wants to make it a homecoming for you today. Maybe you have been holding him at arm's length because of some of those wounds you're carrying. Now, I absolutely know that as we come, it's not like a magic wand that the Lord waves, but he be, if we give him permission, he begins to do a work in our hearts and in our lives. He begins to pour in his love, and that love brings healing with it. We might need other people to stand alongside us, to pray for us, to counsel us, but it begins a work where God can heal those deep wounds. I believe the Holy Spirit even now wants to move around this room and release his comfort to our hearts. You know, a mother wipes away your tears. She binds up your cuts and bruises. She listens to your troubles. The Bible describes God as a God of all comfort. And you might sit here this morning and go, Priscilla, you've no idea what I've been through. And I absolutely agree with you. I have no idea what you've been through, but he does. He does. And he is the God of all comfort. I love the verse, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And the message puts it like this. He is most careful with you. He is most careful with you. Would you let him come alongside you right now? Would you listen for his whisper to let you know how much you're loved? To remind yourself even as a Christian, I was of so much worth and value to him that he died for me. He's most careful with you. He wants to come alongside you. I believe that even in this moment, right now, he's drawing close to some of you. You know, sometimes we hold him at arm's length because of things that have happened in our lives and we just don't understand them. And I know for me that has happened and and at first you want an explanation. What, why God? And you know, he doesn't always give us explanations. Because explanations at times can be quite clinical. But what he will give you is his love and his comfort. He'll put his arms around you. And he'll reassure you that it didn't happen to you as a punishment. But he's right here. He wants to comfort you this morning. But you know, when we're in the Father's house, he also nurtures us. 
He's the God who provides for us. He's the God who brings us to his table. And the Bible describes it as, you know, he brought me to his banqueting house and his banner over me is love. And he feeds us up. It says that if we come and we listen to him, then we'll delight in the richest affair. In other words, he spread, when we are living in a relationship with him on a daily basis, he feeds us. He feeds us from his word. His spirit feeds us. He speaks to us. He nurtures us. He helps us to grow up as Christians. He develops us. And he reassures us that he can meet all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Whatever your need this morning, and I believe that is including, and in these days particularly, many people are struggling because of material needs. But God says, I can meet all of your needs, not just some, all of your needs, according to the riches that are in Christ. So whatever your need is, that's the thing about being at home. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing about having grandchildren. They will ask you for the most outrageous things. But you know that when you're, when you're a granny, that delights your heart. You don't, you don't care that they, you know, it's just after Christmas and you go to the shop with them and they're, you know, asking for the biggest toy that's on the shelf. And uh, it's, it's just, you've just had a whole stack of Christmas presents, you know. <laughs> they, 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 they don't hold back. They just ask you for anything. That's the kind of relationship God wants with you. He, he delights that you would come. He delights that you would ask him. And he doesn't want to hold anything back. God doesn't want you to visit with him now and again. He wants you to live in his love. And that's what we're being invited into as the band come and we finish this morning. He doesn't want visitors. He wants us to live in his love. Some of us in this room, you know, we've loved Jesus, we've followed him and we've served him. But sometimes, you know, when we're servants, he just wants us to take the apron off and say, you're not primarily my servant. Isn't that what he said to the disciples? You're not primarily my servants. You're primarily my friends. And for some of you, this homecoming this morning is about taking your apron off and saying, Lord, I need to see myself as your friend again, not primarily as your servant. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I feel like the Lord wants to give you the opportunity to have a homecoming today. And it might be for lots of different reasons. For some of you, it may be this, this is your first time to come home. For some of you, you've been holding him at arm's length for a while. And he says, come on, I want you to come back and live in the reality of my love for you. For some of you, it's opening up your heart to say, Lord, I do want to invite you in. There's some really, really wounded places in my life and I, I'm just gonna begin a journey of allowing you to come and begin to heal me. And some of you servants need to take off your aprons and just come home and know that he's your friend. 
And I know we could pray for you where you are. But you know, the story of the prodigal was about him saying, I'm going to go back to the father's house. And he moved. He moved. He took a... He, he took a long hike back to the Father's house and the Father ran to meet him. So we're going to go into a time of worship, but I'm going to invite you to move and to actually come and give us an opportunity just to pray for you. It won't be a long ministry time. It will just be we're recognising that you are wanting to come home to come back into reality of the Father's love for you, to reconnect with Him in whatever way the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about right now. And so as we begin to worship, if you would just like us to stand with you and pray with you, will you come? This is homecoming time. I think there is something important in the moving, in the saying, I'm coming home, Lord. I'm coming home. So that's his invitation to you right now. Don't hold back as we begin to worship and we would be delighted to pray with you.